Well, hello there, everyone. Welcome to Brainwaves. Yeah, obviously we can't really go outside very much right now. Um, there is no outside. There, there. We are allowed to go outside sometimes. I mean, I can't go outside personally, but I'm allowed to go outside from the Brainwaves HQ in my mind. It's wonderful. Everything's over. Everything's cancelled. Ian, 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 why are you hiding under the desk? Ian, come on out. Come Everything's cancelled, Jamie. It's Let's stop doing this. Not everything. I don't want anymore. Oh, Ian, Ian, come on. Come on, we've worked very hard for... Look, look, we're almost episode 50. I mean, come on, it's almost half a hundred. Come on, mate. Come I'm on. not old. You know, you're not old. You're not old. No, the podcast is nearly 50 episodes old, though. So, you know, we need to keep going. Come on. I mean, don't do this to me. I mean, God, this is the one thing keeping me... My, my fragile grip on reality, you know, from, from fraying and, and unwinding, like, so much loose yarn. Come on, come on mate. You, you can't do this to me. You can't do this to me. Okay, look. You need to do this for me, okay? Get up. Get up. Okay. Come on. Get up. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You're right. You're right. I'm sorry. Okay, I'm sorry. sit in that chair. I just had a moment. Sit in the chair. Yeah. Yes, sir. And now I'm going to go under the desk. <laughs> Get up. <laughs> Wait, where's the where's the other Ian? Let him go. I let him go. He's 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 running free today. He needed some time in the in the back garden. Oh, uh, okay. He's socially di- socially distancing from all the animals. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. Get up. Come on. Get in the chair. <sighs> sorry. Fine. Sorry. I had a moment. I had a moment. I'm fine. Anyway, Ian, do your thing. I will do my thing. This is Brainwaves episode 49, bringing you the best in board game and tabletop gaming news. And these are the headlines for the week of 25th of May, 2020. Coronavirus cancels conventions. Avengers assemble a board game night. And Board Game Geek geeks out over Geek Game Store. All this and more on this episode of Brainwaves. Yes, so the coronavirus continues to wreak havoc upon the tabletop gaming world, and over the last couple of weeks, several conventions have finally decided to cancel and move to 2021, postpone, however you want to phrase that. Yet in the last couple of weeks, uh, UK Games Expo, Tabletop Scotland, Gen Con in the United States, and the big one, Essen in Germany, have all decided to shift and move into 2021. For those who are not familiar, UK Games Expo is the biggest UK con. Tabletop Scotland is the biggest Scottish con, as far as I'm aware. Uh, Gen Con is the largest US show, and yeah, Essen is the largest show in the world, uh, hosted in Essen, Germany. The new dates for UK Games Expo, that's going to be the 4th to the 6th of June in 2021. Uh, Gen Con in the States is August the 5th to 8th, 2021. Tabletop Scotland is going to be 20 to 22nd of August, 2021 in Perth, Scotland. And Essen will be in Essen in Germany, uh, 14th to 17th of October, 2021. Now, many of these shows uh, have put out statements saying why they had cancelled. We're not really going to bother quoting from those because effectively they all break down into we want to protect not only our staff, but of course visitors to the show. We don't want to be a source of vector for the coronavirus. So they're all cancelling for now to protect people and it is absolutely the right decision of course it's extremely disappointing lots of us were looking forward to going to various conventions including ourselves so we were totally with you there in, in our disappointment but we completely understand and respect the decision of all the conventions that have done this it's i'm, I'm, I'm almost tempted to say you know this is not a uh, knocking you in at all it's use of the word disappointment it's like oh i'm disappointed oh that's a shame you know it's i'm not always sure about the word disappointed it's like i'm it's sad but it's uh 
yeah, it's the best thing that could have happened, considering that we're going through a global pandemic. Yeah, we're disappointed for our, for not being able to see our friends and go and play games and experience the cons like we, we usually do. However, not all is lost. Uh, many of the cons are going to be putting on virtual conventions, so they're going to be going online. They're going to be using uh, sources like Tabletop Simulator, Tabletopia that we've been talking about over the last few casts to try and do as best they can to sort of host some sort of online convention where you're going to be able to go on and uh, join in rooms and play games and, and still experience some of the things that you would be able to at um, Essen Games Expo, Tabletop Scotland, and Gen Con. Uh, we'll be hopefully bringing you a bit more information about that as we go. We'll be we'll be sharing what we see. I know that uh, UK Games Expo site has already moved over to the, the virtual con, so they're putting up some information about their events, how you can get involved. Essen has mentioned it, but hasn't really done much more on that as yet, but I'm sure they're going to be bringing out some more stuff soon. And Tabletop Scotland and Gen Con are going to be doing it some bits and pieces as well. Are you going to be trying to attend any of the virtual cons, Jamie? Well, yeah, I definitely will be checking some of this out. You know, by virtue of me not having a lot of money and me living in Scotland, I don't usually get to go to Gen Con or Essenspiel. So instead of sitting around and waiting for about two or three days while the various news feeds kind of trickle out information about new games, it might be good to take a more direct leap into certain publishers and see what they're bringing out. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it'll be a great opportunity for those of us who can't attend the big cons like that um, to get a taste of them. And I hope that it'll be something that the conventions consider going forward, that they will actually put on sort of virtual cons alongside the main con that people can experience. One thing to note about the cancellations is that Gen Con in particular had a series of pop-up events planned. These are going to be tasters sort of around the world in various game stores in your friendly local game store where they would be sent out some tasters of games that were going to be shown off at the cons you'd be able to go along to your local game shop and experience those games which is a really cool idea unfortunately because of the cancellation of gen con this year those pop-up events have now been cancelled as well now whether or not some of that will still go ahead or not is a little unclear right now uh, i hope it will because it'd be a good way to, for some of the publishers to get some of their games still out there and advertised so we'll see what comes out of that in the next little while and we will bring you updates to that as we hear them. At the moment, we understand that Tabletop Gaming Live in September in London and Dragon Me also in London, that's in December, are still going ahead. But I would suspect certainly Tabletop Gaming Live to get cancelled because September is not very far away. And yeah, it's not many people are going to want to attend cons this year, unfortunately. So I, I can I think Dragon Me will probably get cancelled as well. But there's been nothing official out of either of those conventions. At the moment, we will, of course, bring you that information as and when we get it. But, Jamie, although we'll be all apart, uh, we can now assemble with the Avengers. What's going on there? Yes, I'm talking about the All In Challenge. Now, this is a charity that provides food to those in need. Now, that could be children, uh, elderly and infirm people, or frontline workers. Um, they are termed heroes in the All In Challenge. But there is uh, a competition, a draw for you and two friends to be invited along to a virtual board game night hosted by Chris Evans, him of Captain America fame, not the ex-radio DJ in BBC fame. And Scott, Pil Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Oh, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. I love that film so much. I'm sorry, I'm taking a little hijack here. That is an underrated classic film. It, it's a fantastic film. It Great. is. Anyway, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Alongside Mr. Lucas Lee, Captain America, Steve Rogers, Chris Evans, 
he will be joined by some friends, including Robert Downey Jr., Chris Hemsworth, Scarlett Johansson, Mark Ruffalo, and Jeremy Renner. Now, I've never heard of any of these people before, but uh, I'm sure they mean something too. They're part of some small franchise that no one's really heard of. Never heard of it. But how much you contribute to the fundraiser depends how many entries that you will get into the, the prize draw. Now, as I said, the prize is for the winner. Uh, is winner plus two guests to get a 40-minute hangout with the Avengers stars. Now, 20 minutes of that will be playing board games, and 20 minutes of that will be a private Q&A with them. Which begs the question, what games can you play in 20 minutes with eight people? It is an interesting question, isn't it? I mean, I was thinking Uno, maybe, but Uno can go on very long with eight people. Like, Mafia de Cuba? Tortuga? A Tortuga 1667. Yeah. I mean, I'm, you know, generally if someone says a short game with a high player count, I'm going to go Tortuga 1667 because I am... It, it is great. I'm a, I'm a bit obsessed with that and I will go to bat for facade games. But that's me. You should write, you should write a review for the site. I, you know what? I might, I might just, I might, uh, might slip a little bit in. Now, if you're listening to this uh, on the day that the podcast is released, hello there, lovely to hear you. Uh, lovely to hear you. Lovely to... We can hear you. Thank you oh, for yes, downloading can. it and uh, hope you're enjoying our lovely voices in your ears. But also, if you're, as I said, if you're listening to it on the day that this is released, you have until 11.59 Eastern Time in America to enter this fundraiser because it runs out on the 25th of May, which is the day this podcast is released. Up to date news, as always, from the Brainwaves team. <laughs> Anyway, Ian, I believe you've got some uh, news out of that big old purple database, that BoardGameGeek.com. The behemoth that bestrides the hobby board game geek has recently announced that they are going to launch their own store called the Geek Game Shop. Now, they've already got a small store that involves sort of promos for games, sort of upgrades for bits and that kind of thing, and a couple of board games as well, but mostly sort of accessories. But they are going to be venturing into actually selling board games through their own shop front. There's not a lot of detail about this as yet. Uh, they announced it during BGG Con, that the virtual con that's happening over this current weekend. That's the weekend of the 22nd, 23rd, 24th. BGG Con line, I think you'll find. Or whatever it's called. But yeah, it's, it's a little strange one. We wanted to talk about it a little bit because there's always a little bit of a chat about BGG and its sort of conflict of interest. They sort of raise money through a fundraising drive every year, but they also have advertising and then... And basically, they get a lot of the content on the site for free because it's effectively a wiki that is maintained mostly by uh, the community. And now they're adding a board game store on top of that. It's going to, I think it's going to raise a lot of interesting questions about what gets on the front page of that site, BGG rankings and that kind of thing. I think there is an interesting conflict of interest that is going to come out of that. And we should probably talk about that. And I don't know if we've got time to talk about that right now, but it might be a, an interesting one for a special or a brainstorm somewhere down the line. Any thoughts on this, Jamie? I mean, I might play devil's advocate here and go, the Board Game Geek store, where you can buy promo cards or promo accessories or accessories for games. You know, I've used it a couple of times. It's, you know, I, there's some stuff that I've, I've found and I quite enjoy for a little promotional stuff. You know, it can get a little bit cluttered where there are games and there's promos. And it makes sense for it to separate the two halves, let's say, uh, into two separate entities you know it's a new venture and there will inevitably be these questions about conflict of interest i'm gonna play the devil's advocate and say i think let's give it a bit of time and let's see how things will go right now the 
Right now, the Geek Game Shop is only shipping to the continental United States. So let's see how that trial run goes. And then I'm going to reserve judgment till I see some more information about it. Is that fair? Yeah, I think that's fair. It'll be especially interesting if they can try and compete directly with online pricing and maybe like cut into some local game store uh, sort of cuts and things like that as well. We'll we'll see what happens. We'll, We'll certainly bring you more as that story updates. On with the news. It's me again. I'm going to say more things. Oh, so, uh, yes, you're you're getting a, an Ian and Jamie treat today. Oh yes, just just the two of us. We're not going to sing the song. We're not. Uh, okay, so last time on Brainwaves, we talked about Asmodee uh, takedowns. Jamie, I can hear you humming. Jamie. Jamie. Shh. Just the two of us building castles in the sky. Just the two of us. You and I. Anyway, sorry, Ian, you were talking about um, some follow-up news. Next week on Karaoke with Ian and Jamie. Anyway, last time on Brainwaves, we were talking about uh, epic, uh, Asthma Day takedowns of some tabletop simulator mods, especially ones in the Arkham Files universe. Now, just a reminder that the Arkham Files universe is basically Fancy Flight Games' staple of uh, Lovecraft-themed games. That's like Arkham Horror, Eldritch Horror, Elder Sign, Arkham Horror LCG, and various others in that oeuvre. So uh, FFG have recently published an article suggesting how you should play their games over remote play. This includes, basically involves using webcams, one player acting as a GM to, with the cards for Ar- the Arkham Horror LCG. This is specifically to, so one person setting up the scenario, uh, moving counters around, drawing monsters out of the encounter deck, all that stuff, while other players look on and react and draw cards from their own deck to tell the GM what they're going to do. Now, there's nothing fundamentally wrong with suggesting this. I do know that people play like this, and that's totally fine. How dare a company, you know, take its uh, its assets back and give you helpful suggestions on how to play in this time? Yeah, but it does feel like a little bit of adding insult to injury, considering that they've just taken down a perfectly decent way to play their games virtually online. And now, now they are, like we said last time, they are 100% utterly legally entitled to do what they have done just the timing seems really strange and a bit of a pr misfire and to do the to publish this article on top of that just seems quite stupid because the the community reaction to this has i'll put it this way not been favorable <laughs> it has it has been there has been a reaction Basically, people saying what I'm saying, which is like, hmm, I wonder if there was a way to conveniently play your board games online in some way or form. <laughs> oh, wait, there was. So, yeah, we we have we ha- did reach out to Asmodee last time. Uh, Asmodee own FFG, just as a reminder. Uh, we did reach out to Asmodee for comment on the article last time. I've still not heard anything back. I might try and reach out to Fancy Flight on this one uh, because it'd be nice to get an answer of, of some description, like why they've taken these mods down at this time. Again, Totally understand that they're legally entitled to do so, just the timing is just awful. Anyway, Jamie, from companies being not very nice to their community to companies being really nice to their community, you have got a hot zone. Oh. uh, Ooer. The camera's not on, on Ian, how can you notice? Sorry. Um, From another company, from one company owned by Asmodee to another company owned by Asmodee, and that is from Zedman Games. Now, we're in the middle of a global 
pandemic. And this what? Is a, and, this is, and this is a story about Zedman Games. Now, what game are they famously known for publishing? Um, uh, uh, oh, yeah, Pandemic! Yes, this is Pandemic Hot Zone North America. A smaller, shorter, simplified version of Pandemic. That's supposed to play in about half an hour and has you fighting diseases and curing diseases and <laughs> preventing pandemics in North America. Now, it's due to be released later this year, but Zedman have released a free print-and-play demo of the game itself. Now, of course, you will need a printer, and I will go on record as saying I think a printer is the most fiddly, finicky, and aggravating bit of technology people have had to deal with in a while. Yeah, I'd agree with that. There's an interesting thing, I think, that there's a lot of companies releasing print-and-play versions, and I would be really interested to know if the sort of prevalence of printers in homes is higher in America than it is in the UK because it seems to be it seems to be the way that companies are sort of trying to interact with their community right now rather than trying to move things to a virtual realm I mean it is easier to put out PMP to, to, to put out the print and play but yeah I like I used to have a printer but I just gave up on it because it was easier to just get everything printed at the local print shop okay this is a outdate this might be slightly outdated information but apparently 82% of households according to statista.com in 2014, had a printer. In the, in the US? In the UK. In the UK? Oh, wow. Okay. There you go. And again, that's in 2014. Now, yeah. whether that's, that's changed, I think, you know, we have seen print and play take off to such a degree as a way of prototyping. Um, and, you know, getting, like, again, prototyping and bringing up smaller versions of games. Uh, and then it's, it seems natural for companies to jump on the bandwagon and do it in a way to engage with their their fan base, their consumer base, in a way that's when they're not able to go out and buy. I think it's a generally good idea. I'd like to see more companies doing this kind of thing going forward, putting out demos on like Tabletopia, TTS, putting out little print and play demos so you can get a flavor for the game before you buy it. Uh, I, I really rate, I always, when I'm buying computer games, a company engenders a lot of goodwill with me if there's a little demo that I can try before I buy it. It's always, it always helps me out to decide whether I want to buy it or not. Sometimes that's a no, sometimes it's a yes, but I, th- I think it's really helpful. Just a wee note about uh, this particular article. The Obviously, game development takes a long time, and the fact that it is a pandemic game based in North America is nothing to do with the current crisis. Dead Man have already sort of put out a statement about it, saying that this is just pure coincidence and it's just our release schedule, effectively. Uh, so yeah, just uh, give, them a, give them a little bit of a benefit of the doubt there. So, Ian, I believe you are Spartacus. I am Spartacus. I'm Spartacus, and so is my wife. Wait a second. Indeed. So Gale Force 9 have, are going to be re-releasing their smash hit from 2012, the uh, their game Spartacus Blood on the Sand. This was a completely huge cult hit. It was a sort of, it was one of the sort of first good TV tie-in board games of that uh, of that period of board game releases, and it, it had a big cult following. They released a couple of expansions, which are still available, but the main game has been out of print for a few years, and Gale Force 9 are bringing it back. One of the reasons we wanted to just chat about this briefly is that we were talking on a, f- a few casts ago about the sort of glut of releases, how many releases we get every year, and that we thought like over the next sort of couple of years we might see more companies coming back to older titles that have shown success and reprinting them. And I think this is an example of that kind of thing coming forth. Obviously, we've had June from Gale Force 9 recently as well. Which I will still say is is a reprint but there is also a reworking of it 
Oh yeah, t- totally. But it is it is fundamentally a reprint. Oh no, it it, it, it it is a reprint, but it is not just a straight reprint with no update to, with with no update to rules. For example, it's just a, a graphical update. You know, that you know the other arguments of things like Sheriff of Nottingham, the yes. game that was from Arcane Wonders, has just been reissued by Cool Mini or not. And yep. again, I don't know. I haven't played the second edition. Uh, but I believe there has def- there's been a graphical update, and I believe parts or all of the Merry Men expansion were folded into the base game. I mean, second editions are a good way for companies to just sort of tweak things and, and move things around, so maybe we'll see some of the expansions in the um, reprint. I mean, we're already seeing uh, the game A War of Whispers, which came out er- earlier this year or late last year. I'm afraid time has lost all meaning for me. Late last year. That did sup- you know, astoundingly well seemingly in critical circles uh, and they've already got a second edition uh, and expansion version yeah. uh, up on kickstarter which is active right now and part of me is intrigued by it because it sounds like the the game of thrones board game which i do actually quite enjoy for its polit- politicking uh, but in like an hour yeah indeed Anyway, I think we'll see more of this kind of thing this year because uh, companies are going to be looking for some surefire hits to hopefully bolster up their bottom line. So I think we're going to see more reprints personally. Anyway, time for a brainstorm. So as we talked about at the top of the cast, the 2020 convention season has effectively been cancelled. I was wondering if there might be a little silver lining to all this. It's disappointing, obviously, that the convention will be cancelled. We can't go and see friends. But we know that publishers always aim to release games at conventions, pretty much. Like most most big publishers, well, all sorts of publishers, size publishers, will aim releases at conventions they are going to attend, whether that be Games Expo, Tabletop Scotland, Essen, or Gen Con, or any of the other multiple conventions that are across the world. Now, what this tends to do is result in a huge glut of games sort of around about June to August, uh, sorry, July to sort of October as convention season sort of hits and comes and goes, including things like, I think last year, Essen had a thousand plus games released at it, which is a huge number of games released at once. So I was just sort of wondering, with the cancellation of conventions, are we going to see a more gradual release schedule that allows sort of smaller games to maybe get a bit of air where they would have otherwise disappeared without a trace? What do you think, Jamie? I, oh God, sorry, give me a second. <laughs> I, I know, I, I had something. I was like, yeah, but... Jamie's not here right now. Please call again later. The podcast member you have dialed has not been recognised. Please hang up and try again. Beep. Well, well, Jamie's having a wee think about that. I, I think it might result in some of the small publishers being able to show off their stuff in a little bit more interesting way. If they engage with the sort of the virtual side of things, TTS, Tabletopia, the, the print and play we were mentioning earlier, I think there's an opportunity here for small publishers to shine. It's obviously very expensive to go to cons. If you do well as a small publisher at a con, that can be extremely profitable. But standing out in the crowd is really hard. We, I mean, you and I have been to UK Games Expo a couple of times, Jamie. And the, there's always that, that area of the con, which is a lot of the smaller publishers sort of banded together, an, an area that includes sort of smaller, smaller outfits. And standing out in that crowd is really difficult. Like really, really hard. Some of them will make money. Some of them will come out there with a profit. I think in a in a in a perfect world, you know, say the world goes back to almost what it was before, and UK when UK Games Expo happens again, and everyone's allowed to go. I th- would like it maybe if 
the main hall, which is usually the domain of the larger publishers. You know, you have Catan and Games Workshop having these huge booths. Yeah. Um, maybe some smaller publishers are interspersed between them because yeah, be it's quite easy. Now, I understand why, you know, it's in a smaller in a smaller kind of area because it's right we can section this off a little bit easier but at the same time i think it'd be quite nice if you can go from right this is this is asmodee with fantasy flight games great what's next to it oh i've never heard of this you know oh this is our yeah. first game these are our two people okay this is interesting i i might be people might be more inclined to have a look at it because i don't want to say they've been put out of the way but in some ways it kind of feels like it I mean, it's it's a it's a matter of money a lot of the time. I mean, the the, the main floor is like it, it's more expensive real estate, effectively, so it costs more to be there and bigger booths go there. But yeah, I I I I'd, I'd agree with you there, Jamie. I'd I'd love to see those kind of conventions split up a little bit more, so there is a bit more like yeah, there's Games Workshop and there's like a small publisher from just down the road. You know, that, I split that up a wee bit more, and maybe even see those big companies giving a hand up to the smaller ones as well, because helping them out, maybe giving a bit of space and advertising to them in some way or form. Now, I'm I'm well aware, and you know, this is this is only one idea and that's only to do with um small publishers and big publishers at conventions which we can't get to right now so jamie your comment is absolutely useless and doesn't carry any weight to the current situation the current question was about release schedules well smaller publishers yes as you said if you're able to engage with the online community now there are numerous facebook groups for board game designers um small yeah. to large you know they're, they're looking for looking for testers, looking for playtests, looking for people to read over the rule books, for example. And that's really nice to see. It's trying to draw up that support, which they might they might have otherwise got from foot traffic at a board game convention, but they might not have if they just go, hey, everybody, check out my Kickstarter. And everyone goes, oh, we've got another one. Yeah, I mean, I see, I, I'm, a, I'm a member of several sort of board game reviewer and sort of uh, critics groups. And I, I see a lot of that, of people just sort of basically coming out of nowhere and advertising their Kickstarter with, with no real, real attempt to engage beyond that, and and that's fair enough. And it is hard; it's hard to stand out online as well. But I don't know that it's any easier really at the big conventions, especially the really big conventions like Essen and and Gen Con. I'm not um, hitting on the pub. I'm not hitting on the big publishers. I'm not hitting on small publishers. No, I'm just, not. I'm, I'm just. I'm saying. I'm trying. Unfortunately, trying. Usually, I'm the the idealist. Usually on the idealist, you know, my, my idealist was uh, my idealist part of this conversation was the oh, you know, at conventions, I'd love to see this. You know, big publishers next to small publishers, next to big publishers, next yeah. to small publishers. Here, I'm being a much more that sadly that realist of going, it's standing out in on the internet where it's you know it's less of a, a drop of water in the Pacific Ocean. It's more a drop of water if the entire planet the size of was the size of Jupiter, a solid solid core. And was entirely full of water. And Jamie's pitch for his next sci-fi novel. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I mean, I think this year we're still going to see some glut around where the conventions would have been because publishers will have planned to release for then. But there's still a virtual conventions as well. Still, still virtual convention, and but there, there's going to be delays to a lot of that stuff, obviously, because of the shutdowns in the Far East, where a lot of printing for board games is done. But I, I'm, I was just hoping that it might have a wee knock-on effect sort of long-term as uh, 2021, 2022 and, 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 and beyond where people might might sort of like spread things out a little bit more over the year and, and try not to cluster it quite so much around the big conventions. 
I like I like to think it might, but there might be the reverse effect of if a lot of people, a lot of publishers may decide, you know, maybe games, you know, maybe it's not time to release it this year because we don't know what that's the true. uptake might be like, and they might go, we'll save some of these games until next year. Now that again, that's that might be a bit too cynical because every they've still got manufacturing and, and publishing deadlines to make, and if especially yeah. games based on intellectual properties, you know, you're paying money to hold on to that. So yeah, you pay for a license for a certain period of time. So yeah, you want to get as much out of it as you can. Mm. Yeah, just gonna have to wait and see. I'd like to think there would be a much more spread out schedule of releases. Yeah, me too. But the fact is, we've still got virtual conventions so for yeah. example we've got virtually expo which is the uk games expo virtual yeah expo that's going on and there will be a crap ton of games announced there and if gen con does the same if essence spiel does the same and even if it's around the time that it would be people might go oh coincidentally this would be essence so here's the stuff we were going to announce at essence for, for now, folks, let us know what you think. Do you think there's going to be a bit of a spread out of games over the course of the next couple of years? Do you think that the impact of losing conventions is going to exacerbate the problem? Are you going to see more releases over those periods, those periods of time in the next couple of years as those games get shifted into the, next, into the 2021 or 2022? Are we going to see less of that? Are we going to see more spread out stuff? One thing we at Brainways try to do is pay attention to the smaller publishers where we can. So I would encourage you that if you are going to attend any of these virtual conventions, try and check out the smaller publishers that are showing stuff off and help them out especially because they are the ones who are going to be really suffering right now. Did you find Monopoly News eventually? I tell you, Ian, Monopoly is like a bus. Don't sit up the back. No, um, you wait for a long I mean, I, time. I, you don't. You don't want to be on a bus right now, Jamie. I don't. I don't. I, I. I told you, I haven't left the house apart from once for like half an hour in the last two months. And it, and it wasn't on a bus. And it wasn't on a bus. No, I was walking. Okay, you wait for all this Monopoly news, and oh my goody aunt, we have three separate pieces of Monopoly news for you. I know you've been waiting, and I. I feel that you deserve to be rewarded. So yes, one, two, three. We shall start with the first licensed Monopoly game to be announced. And that is Breaking Bad Monopoly. Oh yes, if you enjoyed the show about Walter White manufacturing crystal meth and pretending to be a man called Heisenberg. He wasn't pretending to be a man called Heisenberg. He was a man called... He was His pseudonym was Heisenberg. Anyway, Breaking Bad Monopoly will allow you to live out your fantasy of playing Monopoly and play as Heisenberg's hat, and as di- as the Dicebreaker uh, news article put it, will allow you to play as Heisenberg's hat, but won't let you sell drugs. Indeed. What a shame. But you can play as Heisenberg's hat, the RV, you can play as a gas mask, you can play as the pink teddy bear, Tio's bell, and you can play as a money barrel. Oh yes. Now I have not seen Breaking Bad, Shock Horror, I'll allow you a moment to, uh, to recover. Boo hiss. There you go. Uh, so I only know what some of that means, but I'm sure you know, and I'm glad you know. The second one, moving right along. Ooh, a... Now, I don't know, Ian, if you have seen The Mandalorian. I have indeed. You've seen The Mandalorian? It's great. It's Well, it's called, it's about an Ian, right? It's about Ian from Mandalore, yes. Yeah. Uh, well, now, of course I watched it. Of course. Mr. Mr. Ian from Mandalore was very good, but... The real important thing that everyone was swept up by was Baby Yoda. 
Oh, so cute. So cute. But of course, that's not his name. The name is The Child. And guess what? There is a Monopoly Star Wars The Child version coming out, which is basically the Mandalorian version, where you can play as a cup of broth, a frog, a tracking fob, the Razorcrest cockpit, or the Razorcrest storage bay. (laughs) (laughs) Playing as a storage bay. Yay. You can buy and sell various Ians. We're all excellent. Yep. Various Ians. I've got two here. You might say I'm a Mandalorian for Ians. Anyway, moving right along. Because, I mean, I, you know, the child do. is good. No, no, I'm going to stay on the Mandalorian. I'm hijacking this podcast. No, the last one. What's that coming over the hill? My goodness, it's a giant irradiated lizard that is an analogy for... That's not for... how the song goes, Jamie. No, I know that. It's an analogy for Japan's problems with the atomic bomb and nuclear... Anyway, there is a Monopoly Godzilla Monster Edition. Oh, I love Godzilla. I have a friend who's even more into it and has told me all about the Jet Jaguar song, which I sing to myself every now and again. But no, you can be King Ghidorah. You can be Mecha Godzilla. You can be Mothra. You could be Rodan. You could be Godzilla. Or you could be Manila. And some of you might go, who or what is Manila? Well, Ian, what is Manila? That's Godzilla's son. The child of Godzilla. And if you look at pictures of him from the original films, definitely the best, definitely a guy in a suit pictures. <laughs> hey, don't mock Godzilla or Godzilla's extended family. Godzilla is now an official Japanese citizen. Well, bully for him. So, I, yeah, I've got th- there's my three pieces of Monopoly news. You know, some interesting, toothy, new Monopoly sets that may be coming out soon to whet your appetites. From, you know, Breaking Bad to Baby Yoda slash The Child, because that's their name, because they don't have a name. Or Godzilla, because Godzilla. Indeed. And we'll cut to a last little piece of news. There is a a Guardian article we think you should check out by Sam West, which is talking about how he has enjoyed Dungeons & Dragons and Lockdown and how it has sort of helped him sort of cope with with his lockdown. It's a really interesting read. We suggest you go and check that out. And congratulations to James Walls from the Brainwaves team. Uh, James is taking charge of a new studio that uh, Asthma Day are setting up in the UK. It's going to be the UK's first uh, board game. Ba- it's the Asthma Day's first UK-based game studio, and he's going to take charge of the studio's successful range of Brainbox educational games alongside other projects. Uh, we will bring you more on that as uh, that company starts to bring games out, and James makes his mark on that particular sector of the board game community. Uh, anyway, before we go leave, a big thank you to our executive producers, Lucky Sparrow Gaming Cafe. Thank you, Lucky Sparrows. Hope you are all keeping safe. Indeed. And if you'd like to join them, you can get access to the extended versions of all our casts for just $1 a month. Go and check out our Patreon, where you'll find exclusive podcasts, uh, little notes and pieces of information as well. We put out a monthly Patreon update about what we're going to be doing in the coming month, uh, every month these days as well. Thanks very much for listening, everyone. If you like what you've listened to, as always, the best way to help us out is merely share the podcast around. And if you can take the time to drop us a review and rating on iTunes, that is very much appreciated. And you can follow us on Twitter at The Giant Brain, Instagram, Giant Brain UK. Our Facebook is just The Giant Brain. And our website is giantbrain.co.uk. You can email us about anything in the show, any bits of news, anything you'd like us to cover at giantbrainuk at gmail.com. 
Uh, Ian will hopefully back, be back with us next week. And uh, bye for now. Look after yourselves, everyone. Stay, Stay safe. safe.